The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your Megapod for the Houston Open. Storylines, matchups, expert picks, and one and done coming at you. Joining me to break it all down, I've got Mark Immelman. Hey, Mark. What's up, boys? Uh, quick update here from uh, Georgia before I uh, head to the Houston Open this morning. It was a very bright morning, 35 degrees Fahrenheit, though, so in Georgia. Oh, boy jelly right now um sort of things drying out a little bit you can get a little brown in the grass so hopefully uh, by next week if the weather obliges we should have a really good golf course all right we'll keep an eye on it and kyle porter joining us from the new digs kp what up yeah if you're on youtube get a little bonus look at the new the new content shed um it'll be set up here in a few weeks but Happy to no longer be nomadic. Mark, bring your uh, bring your Zach Johnson big mitts for the Masters because we're going to need them. It's going to be it's going to be chilly. <laughs> the beauty about my job when I'm there is I stay in a little box that's not very much bigger than this, doing amen corner coverage. So I'm sure I'll be quite cozy inside. But I'll <laughs> I'll get the golf course updates from you because I know you'll be out there, right? I'm going to be running around. It's going to be awesome. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, that's a good visual. Imagining Kyle Porter running around Augusta National all week. <laughs> Um, but before we get there, go ahead, Mark. If you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to run on the ground. <laughs> yeah. I should have said walking around <laughs> <laughs> with his head on a swivel, just trying to take it all in all at once. Uh, before we get to Augusta, we're headed to Houston for the Houston open, the PGA tour, the final tune up before the masters next week. And we get a, a municipal course, Memorial park golf course, which Mark, I, I think this is so interesting, right? Not only did Tom Doak do the redesign in 2019, but he got help from Brooks Kepka. I was like, you know, reading, I was like, this is kind of interesting. Yeah. Typically the players start getting into course design when they're sort of into their forties and beyond. <laughs> We've seen Tiger being involved in some, but Brooks is still at the forefront of his career and getting involved in golf courses. And and I did find it amusing. You know, I looked through some of the golf course notes in preparation for this broadcast, and there are only 20 bunkers because Brooks Kepka thought that bunkers are not real defense for uh, players. And then the original layout was something in the 7,200-yard range or so, and Brooks is like, nah, that's not going to work with a modern-day golfer, so let's expand this thing. So it's 7,400 yards plus. It's set up to... Uh, to, to have an exciting finish from what I understand from Tom Dokes, he said that he watched the players, you know, many moons ago and he just loved the, the excitement and the, the fact that the finishing stretcher holds, you could see any number of lead changes. So it's exciting to see. I, I caught up with Russell Henley who's in Tanya the other day and he normally plays well at this event. And he was like, man, I used to love going to this event, but I don't know what's going on. So everyone's looking forward to seeing uh, what Memorial Park is like. 
Yeah, I think the a quote I read was that this is set up for entertainment or something like that. Like they expect they expect fireworks here, KP. I think it might be uh, low scores. There's five par fives, five par threes, and we've got some big names in the field, which we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, first year at, a, at, a, at this course, it was used back in like 13 times between the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s, but obviously nothing recent for Memorial Park. And this is obviously going to kind of be portrayed as your final tune-up heading into Augusta, right? All the big names using it to, to get ready. Some guys we'll talk about more in depth in a second, but this is uh, not only is there a lot on the line this week, but of course, much more on the line next week. Yeah. It's kind of a throwback to, I guess, three years or two years ago, whenever the Houston Open was right before uh, the Masters. Did I cut out? No, you're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> it said my connection was unstable. Um it's kind of a throwback to when the a few years ago when the Houston opens right before the masters, I, you know, I was reading about this course on Monday and I'm really excited for it. I, I think that, I think it's cool when the tour goes to uh, Muni to public courses, you know, and they don't do it a ton. We got Torrey Pines, which is obviously, you know, Torrey's a little different cause I think it's more, it's more like pebble and then it's more like national, you know, like this kind of nationally known thing. And, and, Memorial Park is, you know, while it's well-known in Houston, it's not nationally well-known. And I think it's great to be able to go to places like that. Uh, I read uh, Sean Martin of PGHR.com had a really good thing on it. I think he played it a few weeks ago and it looks, it looks great. I, I just, you know, I think Tom Doug does good stuff, does good work. Um, the Kepka thing is interesting because he doesn't seem like somebody who cares about golf course design. Like he seems like somebody who shows up and is like, whatever, man, I'll play whatever course is out here. And so it's odd that he would be kind of involved, but, uh, overall I'm, I'm super excited for this, uh, not only for the masters tune up, but also, uh, just to see some, some good golf on a, on a muni course in Houston. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the greens fee for this place is like 50 bucks. It's like, it's gotta be like the cheapest tour stop. If you want to play a, a course that the pros play, here's your chance. Here's your cheapest opportunity. Yeah. So, so pretty, pretty cool stuff. I do love it when the tour uh, gets to public courses and gets to munis. Um, the big storylines heading into this is I think Mark is going to be the return of, of Dustin Johnson, right? He's the number one player in the world. He's been absolutely unstoppable uh, sidelined after testing positive for COVID-19 a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, DJ might've played Houston, uh, even if he did not test positive, but you wonder what the routine is for him and how it's been shaken up over the course of the past couple of weeks as he's leading into, you know, a, a masters that he obviously wants to find a way to contend and, 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 and win. Yeah. Well, along the Dustin Johnson lines, um, Adam Scott is coming back after the COVID break as well because he tested positive. So you've got two players, two players who you, who you would expect to contend at Augusta National in the same sort of a vein. So they come down to Houston from all accounts. The golf course seems like it's going to let you drive the golf ball because it's wide open. It's long. So it's playing into someone like Dustin Johnson's hands. And, and, 
I don't know. I haven't heard anything. Perhaps, Carl, you can comment, you know, if Dustin's been well enough to practice while he was locked down or what, whatever the case might be. But it really boils down to that. It's like how many reps have you had during your time that you were off? Were you able to? Is your body strong enough? Uh, I don't know what the severity of his symptoms were, but I'm expecting with Dustin being a pretty healthy guy and Adam Scott too, that uh, it, it wouldn't have been one of those things where perhaps he was bedridden and really down for the count. So for Dustin, I, the, the, the beauty about this all is that his confidence level was off the charts you know, when things were locked down for him. He was playing beautifully. It just looked like whenever he teed it up, 68 was par. And that's exactly what he's going to be looking for. Maybe not this week, but certainly next week in Augusta, Georgia, if you do four of 468s, you're styling. In fact, if you do 469s, I think you're in tremendous shape. So, so, so I think for Dustin, if with the confidence still being high, if the lockdown wasn't so bad, if he's, if he's feeling sharp, I think he'll just hop right back into saddle because um, I'm expecting the golf course will sort of be receptive. It'll let him drive the ball, which is what he does. So there'll be a comfort level there that I think um, will stand him in good stead. Well, odds makers are not too concerned about it, Kyle. They've got him listed at seven and a half to one. He is the betting favorite this week. I guess you can't really install him at anything longer than that because you might get burned. But I was still pretty surprised to see this level of confidence because we've seen, uh, I'm trying to think of some other guys who who tested positive for COVID and had to come back. A lot of them came back pretty rusty. I think um, Tony Finau was probably the only one who, who notched like a top 15 in his first start back, something like that. But we've seen a lot of rust from these guys. Uh, obviously, it's case by case. Obviously, it's player by player. But odds makers are not going to get burnt if Dustin Johnson wins this week. Well, it, it feels a little like that. You know how we talk about how DJ is um, the guy that oh, we haven't seen him in a year. He comes out and shoots 65, 66. Yeah. Like, it feels like that's a little bit of what's going on. And yet we also have seen him. We've seen it happen this year. He shoots 78, 79. So that feels a little like, Hey, we have no idea what is going to happen. Uh, kind of line. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, to Mark's point, I think that, I think Finau, it sounded like Finau was more kind of down and out health wise than, than maybe DJ has been. I haven't heard a ton about DJ Finau. It seemed like he was kind of out of it for a little bit, maybe a week or so. And then somewhat ironically, he's the one that bounces back the best and, and played well at, at uh, was it Zozo that he finished T11? That sounds right. I think that's right. So, yes. you know, I think the thing that I think about with DJ, he feels a little snake bit when it comes to the masters, right? Yeah. So right. He falls down the stairs four years ago, falls down the stairs. Uh, whatever happened. I have no idea. I mean, the stuff, the stuff behind the scenes on that, you're like, okay, guys, let's, let's chill out. I know that didn't happen, but what actually did <laughs> happen? Um, and then this, he's playing great. Like Mark said, finished strong at the U S open, had like the quietest, whatever T six ever. And then he doesn't get any reps before the masters. And it just is, that's a place where he should thrive. And he really, you know, I know he finished T2 last year, but it doesn't really feel like he's been in it, in it really late on a Sunday ever. Um, again, even though I know he finished one back of Tiger last year. So his relationship with the masters is very strange to me, but it's something that I think is one of the bigger storylines going into next week. You may file this under the, um, he's stating the ob obvious file here, but you know, you guys talk about the strokes gained off the tee thing. When you drive it like Dustin Johnson does, you know, even if you're a little rusty, 
you're going to get your share of scoring clubs into greens. And even if he's a little off, Dustin Johnson's going to hit a wedge to 20 feet or so. So the number of birdie attempts he's going to get is going to be pretty good if he just puts himself in play off the tee and he doesn't have any of those wide balls, which cost you strokes. So if he drives the thing anywhere good, he'll have some scoring clubs in his hand, even though this golf course is long. And so then he's stacking odds in his favor. And you know, whether you've been out for six weeks or six days or six months, you know, these guys are good enough if you put a wedge in their hand they're going to get themselves opportunities. And then it becomes a putting contest, which it sounds like this place is going to be. So he's got five par fives. Already he's feasting over there because he's, I don't know the length of them all and I'm keen to see how it plays out um, on Thursday morning in the first round. But it's all shaping up for me right now for a guy who hasn't played, sure. But he's going to a golf course. If ever there was going to be a place to come back to, it would be this sort of setup from what I understand. So I think he'll hit the ground running, and I think it'd be an awesome tune-up for uh, for Augusta, Georgia. Four consecutive top tens at the Masters for Dustin Johnson. Kyle, I, I want to get to matchups. I want to get to all that stuff, but I want to mine just a bit into a comment you made. And I don't even know what to add. I just like, I, I don't want to live in a world where Dustin Johnson has one major championship. Like, yeah. I, I just think it's crazy. And you, you're, you're right. He's been a little snake bitten and just like I, that to me is so nuts that I, I, I need him to win one, two, three, four, five more. I just, I can't be here with one major championship for him. Yeah, it's a little bit of a disservice to his legacy, which is as one of the, I, I think one of the more talented guys ever, which I, I, I don't know, maybe Mark can comment on that as well. Just you watch him and you're like, this is, this is insane. Like this guy's unbelievable. And so winning Oakmont is, I mean, obviously the, the guys that have won there, it's, it's, it's really incredible. Um, but you know, for him to add an Augusta or I'm trying to think of where they're going over the next couple of years, even like a St. Andrews where he opened like 65, 66 in 20, was that 2015? I think whenever, um, whenever Zach Johnson went on to win, it, it might've been, was that right? 15. Yeah. Um, and then he just falls apart over the last two rounds. I, I agree with you. I, I think, I think it does a disservice to his legacy uh, to only have had one major. And yet it also kind of tells the story of DJ, right? Of like, um, you know, he has struggled at times in big moments and he has had things go against him in big moments. But here's the thing, like, think about how many guys, uh, I think I saw something on like where Phil only had one or two majors at DJ's age right now. And then he goes on to win two or three more at the, at, at sort of the end of his prime which DJ is, is getting close to in terms of like, Hey, we're in the last three or four years of DJ's prime. I I don't know if he's quite there yet, but we're getting toward that range. And I I don't think it's unreasonable to think he could win two or three more over the next five years. Yeah. If I might build on that real fast, Rick, um, the first time I was, my attention was drawn to Dustin Johnson was in 2009 at the Masters when I was there working with my brother, who was the defending champ. And should have had a decent opening day. I think it was like 70 or 69 or something like that. And then Friday, if memory serves me, it was a little scrappy. So we're on the green in the afternoon. And it was one of those Masters where it was dry, it was firm, and the greens had that purple hue to them. And we're on the green just working hard, you know, Friday afternoon for hopefully a weekend run. And so I'm watching the big white board to sort of figure out what the cut's going to be because Trevor's sort of around that even par number or whatever it was. And 
I t- so I walk up to the hill, I look down the fairway and I see a tall, lanky dude. And I look over the board that says through 17 and this D Johnson and someone else. Dustin was like a hundred yards from the green. And I thought this dude had pitched out. No, well, no, this was his tee shot down there. And he whips it onto the green a few feet, shoots the easiest looking 68 I've ever seen on a blustery, difficult day. And that's when I was like, from what I've heard, because I hadn't seen him play, this guy's for real. So I recount that story to say, to the to Carl's point in your question about Dustin Johnson and the major championship record, he's gonna he's gonna have chances. He's gonna have better chances at certain venues. Next week is one of those venues. You know, they're just certain golf courses that are gonna suit him better than others. And so if we get a few of those over the next few years, kind of like we saw with Phil, you know, maybe even with David Duval, you know, also didn't have for the longest time. You know, Duval got his one, Phil got his handful. I think with Dustin Johnson, it's just a question of the golf courses that suit and is he playing well going in there? So I think for Dustin taking advantage next week, I think it's crucial this week to get four good rounds in. Real quick, think about think about how much, I don't know if it's a luck or just fortuitousness that plays into some of this stuff. You know, Kepka, Brooks Kepka is injured the last couple of years. Well, what if he's injured during the 2019 PGA DJ wins by four or whatever. What I speak, I think finished third, uh, not to bring him up, but, uh, and then even last year at the masters, like tiger, uh, kind of runs into this string of good health and ends up winning the masters. Well, if he's not healthy at that time, and these are guys kept in tiger that have been injured a lot over the last three or four years. And if the, if, if, unless that, you know, their good health coincides with that time, DJ might have two more majors just over the last year, you know? And so there's just so much luck and happenstance and everything that plays into it. Um, but ultimately Rick, you're right. Like DJ's talent level, his career, it should result and end up resulting in more than one major. We're going to keep a close eye on everything moving forward. Obviously, we'll sweat uh, the return of uh, some COVID tests this week uh, and see if anybody, because if you test positive this week, you're probably out for next week as well. So we'll sweat that um, moving forward. But gentlemen, we've got to get to matchups. We've got expert picks, one and done, and best bets on the other side. First, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance 
Prince jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back matchups. Now, you gentlemen, we're not here on Sunday evening, so I'll just let you know. Uh, you're looking at the defending belt holder. Okay, so <laughs> thank you very much. I'm, I That might be my first all season long, but I'm rocking and rolling now. So let's jump right into this. I've got five matchups for us this week. Brooks Kepka minus 120 versus Scotty Scheffler. Very interesting. Minus 105. Kyle, we will start with you. Uh, I like Scheffler. I'm, I've been, you know, I've been on like, believe, like I've been picking Scheffler for the last two months or so. And he ran into a couple of pretty average tournaments for him. I think he missed the cut at, was it Sanderson, Rich? Shriners. Okay. Missed the cut at Shriners. Didn't play great at Sanderson. Right. But I'm, I'm still in, I, I don't, I, I believe more in him than I do in Kepka right now. And maybe that's incorrect. Kepka might win the tournament this week, but that's just sort of where I'm at with those two guys. That stretch you're referencing was right after he returned from his positive test. He played much better at the Zozo championship started to look more like himself. I'm with you, Kyle. I'll go with Scotty Scheffler as well. Mark Kepka or Scotty Scheffler. Um, respectfully. Um, Brooks's only endearing quality is that he knows what the golf course looks like this week. Uh, I'm still not convinced as to the health, what the game's like. And you've got Scotty Scheffler, a Texan in Texas, and the boy's got lots of games. So I'm going with Scheffler. Mark, are you not at all optimistic by watching him go seven under through eight holes on Instagram the other day? <laughs> I must have missed this. Tell me the, tell me the story. I, did, I, I didn't see what was out. Oh, it was... It, uh, the questions there of uh, a very casual Q and a with uh, his fiance, girlfriend, Jenna Sims answering questions. He was playing golf as they were going and he looked great, but Hey, everybody looks great in shorts at your home course and all that stuff. I thought his insights were entertaining. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize he was playing golf at the time. Cause every clip I saw he was driving the cart sort of, you know, answering questions in a very um, pithy manner. <laughs> he, does, he does seem to drive a little reckless uh, for, for my liking, but hey, he's Brooks Kepka can do whatever he wants. Uh, we'll phone in and get Greg's. Um, we'll get Greg's picks for this so we can have him on the record as well. Next up, Sung JM minus 125 versus Doc Redmond plus 100. <laughs> this is like uh, putting my, my two children against one another. Kyle, I, I don't know. I'm going to make you go first. Yeah, I'll go Doc. He got value here. He played great until the final round. I think it was the final round last week. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with Doc over Sunjay. Yeah, can, he was a 54-hole leader last week. Um, continues to strike the heck out of the ball. Um, I'll also take Doc Redman. Mark, Redman or Sunjay? 
isn't it a rule that you have to take uh, Sanjay on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it is, but the only guy that might break it is Doc. It's like, this is a really tough one for me. Producer Jacob is just twisting the knife right now. Uh, I saw that. And by the way, don't think I wasn't thinking for a while last week about the uh, Rick Gaiman moustache deal with when Doc Redman had the 54 hole lead. <laughs> I was thinking about this because I'd agreed to this too. And and I made the mistake of picking against him. Uh, well, you, you're going to fool me once. You're not going to fool me twice. I mean, I think he was more tripped up by some of those crazy wins we had over the weekend in Bermuda than anything else. So the boy's playing well. He's hitting it good. Um, Doc Clems. Uh, I'm going with Doc game. I'm getting all confused. Doc Redman. The Clem. We, we, um, I, I told my wife about the Doc stash and we actively root for Doc Redman in this household, but she was actively rooting against him on Sunday, knowing what would, what would happen if he, if he held out for victory. Next one, Dustin Johnson is a massive favorite at minus 175 versus Hideki Matsuyama at plus 138. Mark, I'll start with you on this one. DJ or Hideki? I have absolutely no idea. You, you know, <laughs> with Hideki, you know he hits it so well, he's going to get opportunities. Um, but but even though he's been working hard on the putter, um, it still it tends a little suspect at times. DJ, he could just find form right away with the way he hits it, you know, make a bunch of birdies on a golf course that's got five par fives. Um, so I guess I'm talking myself into um, Dustin Johnson right now. It is weird. You know, Hideki's floor has been fairly high over the course of the last couple of months. He's got like, I don't know, eight straight top thirties or something like that. A bunch of top 25s in there, but there's still something that, you know, I don't, I don't know what DJ has been up to uh, the raw talent, you know, turning golf courses into par 68s is a great example. All those par fives out there. I'll, I'll take DJ here as well. Kyle Hideki or Dustin. I'm going to go with Hideki. I, I don't know why I like Hideki this week for some reason. Um, he hasn't really been top 10 and he hasn't honestly, like he hasn't been performing that well compared to kind of what his, you know, baseline Hideki is. Um, but I think you're getting some value there because there's unknown with, with Dustin Johnson. And so I think, um, you know, because we haven't seen DJ since Wingfoot, I, I don't know what we're getting. You know, I, I think I kind of know what we're getting with the deck. So I'll take the value and go with him. I would not be surprised to see DJ open 63, 63 or 80, 80. Like <laughs> neither of those things would surprise me one single bit. Right. Like <laughs> it's nuts right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tony Finau minus 133 versus Victor Hovland. I'll go first here. Um, I, I think that Tony Finau has been playing great from tee to green. There's a couple of finishes that he's had in the restart that you could cite as disappointments because he's been in contention so often, but he's going to be able to hit driver probably every single hole that he wants to around here. There's a couple of long par threes. There's a bunch of par fives. I will take Tony Finau over Victor Hovland. Mark, what say you? Finau. I have no doubts. I have no doubt about Tony Finau right now. I I think there's big things on the horizon. I've just got the sense, you know, it it always looks like he's just bubbling underneath the surface, but, but, but I think the time is now, I think the iron is getting hot and it's time to strike. Oh, this is music to my ears for later. KP, Tony Finau or Victor Hovland. Well, I was, I had no doubt. And now Mark is scaring me with his, <laughs> with his rhetoric here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Tony Finau and I'll, I'll, we'll talk more about that in a minute. A that was it. 
it was a very confident, like Mark usually doesn't say now's the time. I have no doubts. This is very, I was like, I'm a little nervous now. <laughs> Remember I had a conversation with Mark Brody the other day. So I'm, uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's just, you know, it's, he's just always there. And he's one of those, like a McElroy where he'll shoot 69, not really breaking a sweat. Yeah. And, I think we've got a golf course this week that's going to play into that. It's designed for birdies and his production from, from that point of view is insane. So time. Uh, here is our final matchup bet. And this was very interesting because both of these guys opened up at 16 to one, which was surprising to see them at the same odds. Now they're, they're drifting a bit, but uh, Terrell Hatton is minus 133 versus Russell Henley at plus 105. And KP, I know this is the Russell Henley open, but that's all not this course, not, not here. This is somewhere new. So I'm not sure I'm willing to pay for Houston open Henley at Memorial park. Yeah, that's a good point. And yet he also finished what top six in his last two events. He has four top tens in his last six. Yeah. And the last two, the CJ and the Zozo were kind of major like fields. So I'm, I'm more writing that he's one of the three. I think there's three guys that it's kind of crazy. They're not in the masters. It's him. It's Berger and it's uh, Victor Hoppen. I think it's probably those three that you're like, wait, they're not playing Augusta. Um, so yeah, I, I love Henley here. I, I'm going to, I'm going to ride the kind of the run that he's been on, even though Terrell Hatton, as you like to say, has been on, uh, almost, I mean, just as good of a run and he's been, he's been winning more. So I think it's a tough matchup, but I'll, I'll go with the value with Henley. It, it is incredibly intriguing what these guys have been doing and now they're pitted against one another. I, I took Hatton here. Hatton here. I think that, uh, you know, we might be at critical mass for, for Henley. It, he's either just like, I don't know. I don't know. Four, four top tens in his last six. I don't know how sustainable this is. And I think you're paying for the, for the history. Mark, um, settle this for us. So we've got Kyle on Henley. I'm on tie. You can, you can pick uh, Hatton or Henley. I'm torn. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, uh, but I have the benefit of some insider trading. Um, Whoa. I was practicing at my golf facility yesterday afternoon, and I saw him the day before at the golf course around the corner, Green Island, and he has got the thing on a string right now. I got to tell you, I was watching him at golf balls, and it, it was that sort of situation when a golf swing is just uninterrupted and unencumbered, and it's from back to through rhythms. Great ball striking is great. Ball was like raw spaghetti, and he putts well. And so I'm thinking about this going, this is a no brainer, but what he said to me, he's like, man, the Houston open was my jam, but now they've moved it to a different, different golf course. So there's that little undecided there. And and I just cannot get my eyes off Terrell Hatton right now. You know, I, I watched him win at Bay Hill. It was impressive. I I, I was amused by it for Kyle. This was, this was a a watershed moment in his, (laughs) in in his um, view of Terrell Hatton. And I just, I, Cannot take my eyes off him right now. So Henley's playing great. Let me tell you, but Tyrrell Hatton for me over here. I'm I'm going with the Englishman. All right, that's a really good one. Can't wait to see how that plays out. Time for picks again. We'll we'll get Greg's picks. Uh, Producer Jacob tweets all this stuff out at First Cut Pod with our picks for the week and on Instagram as well. So make sure to check it out. Uh, let's start with sleepers, gentlemen. And uh, Mark, this I I really like your sleeper that you have listed here. Who is it? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a little theme here. If you look through the list, if you are looking at the rundown right now, I'm going with H's this week in Houston. Okay, as I'm being a little, uh, little alliteration. <laughs> but but I've been watching James Hahn play of late, and and he's also one of those guys you just like to watch because he's got a beautiful golf swing and he hits the thing nicely. But he sort of plays well in stretches, then he goes away, then he comes back, and then he goes away because there's just always some new swing theory he seems to be tinkering with. And he's been really sharp over the last few events. He's had a number of top tens, I believe. And whenever I turn around, I see his name near the top of the leaderboard. So I think James Hahn in Houston would be, would be a worthwhile sleeper. He's also got like three top tens in a row He's in, in every event he's played this season. So he's certainly playing well at the moment. KP, your sleeper is? Well, Mark and I agree. James Hahn. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I was looking at his numbers and the three top tens in a row, they're a little spread out, but he goes back to Safeway. And you're like, wow, that was, that was kind of a long time ago. Um, but he's been hitting the ball really well. Like I, his numbers over the last three months, he's been better from T green than Tony Fina has, which I think Fina has been pretty good. So uh, 60 to one, uh, he's somebody who wins, right? Like he won Riviera. He won Wells Fargo. Those are, those are legit tournaments. And um, I just, yeah, I think there's win equity there at 60 to one. I want to build on that real fast. I, d- I didn't get it in when I was talking about James Hahn, but one of my announced colleagues, Ian Baker Finch, when he was calling that Riviera event, uh, James won on the 12th hole, the par three, uh, no part. He won on the par three on the back nine. I think it was like 13 or whatever. And it was Finch's hole. It was 12 or 13. I can't remember what it is. Mm-hmm. And he knocks the putt down to beat DJ and Baker Finch goes, Hahn, James Hahn. And now we've had uh, Sean Connery pass away this week. So perhaps it's my little 007 nod there as well. Han, James Han. I love it. Yeah, that's strong. Uh Um, I'm going to use that this week. I'm stealing that. Um, I, (laughs) I, I took Denny McCarthy. Uh, We've been tracking this trajectory uh, of, of improved iron play and ball striking since the 3M Open. We did get confirmation. He's been working with a new coach. So things are progressing nicely. He's still rolling the rock. He was 80 to one when I saw him. I don't know what he is now, but uh, Denny McCarthy seems like he's primed for a win here shortly. So I'll take him as my sleeper. We'll move to top 10. Uh, Mark, continue the H trend for us. Well, I was talking about him earlier and just raving about how the way the way Russell Henley was playing, and, and I think he continues along in that vein. Um, the ball striking is there. He's a tremendous putter, and if there was an Achilles heel, it was always a wedging game. In fact, uh, he said to me there were one or two events before that where he's been in contention where if he could have just hit a wedge on the green, he felt like he would have won. Now that 100 to 140 yard range or so, he seems to have ironed out. So I think Russell Henley continues the good play and jumps and grabs another top 10. Kyle Porter, your top 10 is? <laughs> uh, it's also Russell Henley. You did, guys. Did you, re- did, you, did you edit my article, Mark? <laughs> No, no, no. I did this. I, uh, I'm not reading your stuff anymore. I'm boycotting for a little while. Boycotting? That's a side. No, I, I, I kid. No, I hadn't read any of your stuff. I just got, I got on yet. And I was so proud of myself, incidentally, because ordinarily I haven't looked at the rundown before we go on yet. But I was on early and I looked through there and I, I just, I, I looked through the field list and I, I just only jumped out off the page at me. Hey, what was your biggest takeaway from Mark Brody, the strokes gain stuff? 
Uh, I love the fact that, uh, incidentally, for the folks listening, I had a conversation with Mark Brody for my podcast the other day. And so I reached out to my strokes gain buds over here and I said, do you have any questions? So I asked him some questions, but I loved his take. He said to me that, you know, power of the T is one thing, but it's really not the, it's not as big a separator as what people think it is. And he kept on talking to the iron game and putting well inside of eight feet. Mm-hmm. And, and then we talked about, you know, he's been working with models on the strokes gain metrics to, to differentiate, you know, an eight footer downhill right to left at Augusta National is not the same as straight back up the hill kind of deal. So he is working on that, but it's just so much to bear in mind with topography and stuff. It's hard to work into a huge platform like PGATour.com. So I was, I was really, I was emboldened at that because you guys know, in fact, I'll be honest with you. Um, he texted me and he said, we need to talk because apparently I think you, you have issues with strokes gained. And I'm like, no, I don't. I just feel like you can't be too generic in just tossing some strokes gained statistic at any argument that you make. And he said, look, I'll agree with you. And then I threw the example at him going, you know, I, I could be crosswind with a six iron in my hand and I'm in contention and I might hit the ball to 40 feet, which is fantastic. But some dude in the morning at 8.45 a.m. has got the shot without the wind on greens that are on firm and you can't compare those. And so he's he absolutely acknowledged that. And he said, that that's what they're working toward. He's already got, he's already done presentations on the stuff, you know, adding topography to strokes gain because the only separator right now is distance. So he, he's trying to add other elements in there. And I feel like the more he does this, the more it'll get become, it's great now, but, but just really viable. So it was a fun conversation. Strokes gained version two is getting yeah, lit. Great. I think it's <laughs> I think it tells, I think it tells a story. It doesn't tell the entire story, which I think is what Mark is always speaking to. And I think it's, I think that's so beneficial, but the story it tells about Russell Henley over the last uh, 50 rounds on data golf is that he's the best iron player in the world. And I don't think that Russell Henley actually is the best iron player in the world, but over the last 10 to 12 events, he's been playing like it. So uh, I've got him as my top 10 lock this week in Houston. I took uh, Mackenzie Hughes, so I'll stick with the H theme here. I just think he's one of these guys. He's got like seven top 15s in his last 15 starts. He pops up. Um, there's some kind of weird little collection areas and and closely mown areas around these greens at Memorial Park. He's a short game specialist. I think he's just uh, the, the value on him to finish in the top 10 is too good. And now it's time to turn our attention to picks to win. Um, I'm going to start with Mark because Kyle and I have the same winner. So go ahead, Mark. Well, I'm glad that Kyle and I aren't doing the same thing. Um, I <laughs> got the H theme Well, I'm going with Hatton in Houston. <laughs> I think it's, um, I think the way he's playing by the looks of the golf course, you know, every so often he tends to hit a bit of a wide one, you know, one wide ball. And he's proven he can win on tough places in, in Bay Hill earlier this year when it was very difficult out. It was a demanding track. He's contended all over the place. He's playing great. He's coming in the other week before a major championship. You know, this is when a player of his ilk should accelerate. And, and I think, honestly, I would venture to say that he's the form player in the field. He is, he's kind of, he's the high watermark in my opinion. So he, he needs to pull it off. 16 to one for Terrell Hatton, according to our friends over at William Hill, KP, tell the world who's going to win this week in Houston. Uh, 
I think Tony Finau is going to win this week in Houston. The PR curse is, is uh, going to be broken. That was hunky Tony. The Puerto Rico curse ends this week in Houston. Uh, I, I don't know. It just, I feel like I picked Tony Finau like once every, you know, three weeks or whatever. And the reason is because he's one of the eight best guys in the world. And so it just, it has to happen at some point. It's a perfect spot for him. Not a ton of attention on it, especially with the masters next week. He played great at the Zozo. Uh, he's really been, you know, I was looking at his numbers, his over the last three or four years, his iron game has improved a lot. Not, I mean, it's not like numbers that are going to blow you away, but it's been steady improvement over time. And I think that's what you want to see from guys that, you know, are trying to win more is just this steady improvement to where they, they, they just run into wins. And that's what I've seen from Fien Allen. I think that, um, I think he gets number two this week in Houston. Uh, you, you got, you're dead on. You, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. I did the math this week, 1,131 events played by the 11 Puerto Rico open winners since their victory. They have not won another PGA tour title. 1,131 Tony Finau snaps the curse mark yes he does he snaps the curse this week i just this is why i love to be around you because it's only you cry that would come up with a puerto rico curse now every time you talk about it i laugh about this um, <laughs> the thing so, so i will capitulate and uh, acknowledge that apparently there must be a curse and and look tony fino is if anyone was going to break it you know he or uh, he, uh, there's been Hovland. one yeah hovland certainly i i think are highly likely to yeah, if if Finau or Hovland don't, it's in big trouble. It might last forever because the other names on this list are not great. Um, all right, gentlemen, that I'll, I'll kind of spoil it. I mean, one and done. Uh, you know, I'm leaning Tony Finau. I think there are a couple of other interesting places to play him. You could play him at Waste Management. I think that's maybe a more natural fit. But I think uh, we kind of nailed it. I think he's going to win. I think that there's question marks around other of the big name players like a Dustin Johnson or a Brooks Kepka, guys that I certainly want to hang on to. So I, I just kind of start, you know, pushing everybody else away. And Tony Finau stays there as a one and done consideration for me. Mark, is there anyone you're leaning to here on a Tuesday that you might drop into your one and done lineup? Certainly. It's time for me to start making one or two proper picks. And, and, and it's, it's always hard if you don't have golf course information, because uh, I'm one that will always sort of go with the horses for courses kind of thing. And Finau, I will definitely use later on in the season. But as I've watched Hatton, um, he's played well on all manner of golf courses over recent months. And, and it doesn't look like there's just one sort of place that he looks like he plays well. So we're going to a place that we don't know. And I'm quite content with Terrell Hatton knowing that he's likely to, to, to bring it on a golf course that no one's seen. Uh, Kyle, you are currently in the lead, 1.6 million. You have a $125,000 lead. Your lean for this week's one and done is? Uh, it's, it's probably Finau. Um, I just, there's nobody else that, I don't know. Alonzo Griffin's been playing well. He's defending, but it's a different course. I don't, I don't think that the... I don't know. I, I, I love using Henley at the Zozo because you get away with using a guy that's not really a top 15 guy at a huge event. So I like doing that, but you, you can't do it too often. So I, I think I'll probably end up going to now. 
Best bets of the week. I'll go first. Greg has infiltrated my brain on Stuart Sink. So I'm going to roll with Stuart Sink to finish in the top 20. I can get five and a half to one on my money here. Uh, He's got a win a couple of starts ago. He played well again in Bermuda last week. He just seems to find a way. Lots of good vibes with his son on the bag. So I'll take Stuart Sink to finish in the top 20. Uh, Kyle, I'll go over to you for your best bet. Yeah. So there's these, I think we talked about this last week. There's these different uh, groups that you can, that you can bet. Right. So uh, they each have six guys. This is on William Hill. And there's a group B that includes uh, Mark's guy, Terrell Hatton, Sergio, Siwoo Kim, Wyndham Clark, and Danny McCarthy, your guy, Rick. And it also includes Scotty Shuffler. And I'm picking Scotty Shuffler to win that group. So there's six guys and he's plus 333. So a little more than three to one. Um, Hatton's the favorite at plus 220, which he should be. He's been awesome. Um, but I don't know. I just I keep going back to Sheffer. I think he's really, really good and, and maybe even a little underrated right now. So what I love that William Hill does different than other sites uh, is the group. So the groups on a lot of other sites will just be the top five players and then the next five players in the odds and then the next five. They actually spread this out a little bit. So you get in the same group that Kyle's referencing Hatton at plus 220 and Denny McCarthy at plus 700. So there's like a big range and you're only trying to beat, you know, five other golfers. I like the way they do this. Um, Mark, your best bet for this week's Houston Open. You know me, I enjoy those where you like top nationality. And I see there's, <laughs> there's six South Africans in the field. Fenroyan, Fratelli, Schwartzel, Grace, my boy Hack Harding, Justin. His nickname's Hack because he got the, grew up at the same course as me. He had such a good short game that, and he didn't hit the ball very well. So his buddies called him Hacker. And that became Hack and now he's Hack Harding. And then Davi van der Velt. And I, I've, I've been watching Charles Schwartzel play lately, coming back from in, uh, injury. His golf swing looks smooth. He's hitting the golf ball well. The distance control is great. He's played a little bit and he's 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 put up some good numbers. So uh, I think Schwarzel at plus 500 is a really good bet there. And I think he'll be the low South African. Plus 500 on Charles Schwarzel for Mark. And gentlemen, we are going to forego the round by round recaps for this week. We'll still be around Sunday to break it all down, but we're going to continue our master's content series. So if you're listening, if you want to inject some master stuff right into the veins, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and iTunes to make sure that you are getting all that information. Gentlemen, really appreciate it. Mark Immelman is uh, available on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. Kyle Porter, you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.